Welcome back to Space Suplex. This is episode 44. How you, how you doing, my my uh, co-host, Matthew? Hi, Michael. I'm doing great. Fantastic. This episode is brought to you by us. We're the sponsors of our own <laughs> show. <laughs> That's right, we sure are. But anyways, uh, so in this episode, we're going to talk about one single show, and that is AEW's debut show, Double or Nothing. Go through all the stuff that we liked and didn't like, and bloopity blub. Luckily, it's more like than dislike. You know, similar to some other shows we go over. Um, then also, I personally want to talk about some things that have been... Uh, in the news or just random topics that I came up with as of late as well. So, Sound good? Sounds like a lot of fun, Matthew. Well, let's have some fun then. Let's get the jigs on. If that's what you want to have fun with. I don't know. Yeah, sure. So, um, <laughs> yeah, sure. So, uh, starting off the Double or Nothing show, there was the pre-show and normally... As you guys know, if you listen to the show, we don't usually bother with even talking about that stuff. Because my usual opinion is, if it's on the pre-show, it doesn't matter. Now, with WWE and, yeah, mainly WWE, it's, uh, it's, that's very much true, is that it doesn't, none of that matters, ever. So, but here, it's a new company but more importantly it's a cast of characters and a lot of them some of you may know some of you may not and it's pretty much half and half for me and even if you do know them you don't know where they're going with them and it's just better off to just just cover it all and that's also why i did watch the pre-show so mike uh go ahead and uh let us know what's going on with this pre-show here so the pre-show has two matches the first was a, their battle royal. They dubbed the Casino Battle Royal with some pointlessly complicated, dumb little timing rules and who gets in and wow, with in a different groups of people at like about three minute intervals or something. Who cares? It really doesn't matter because they weren't on teams or anything for real. So, M- so Mike, why are we starting off on a bad note? What's going on here? Because this is a bad match. <laughs> That's the problem. wow. Uh, well, you know, it's not my fault. They put on a bad battle royal, and I already hate battle royals. I think they're clusterfuck garbage unless they're uh, well designed and choreographed, uh, which tends to be means, uh, you know, the Royal Rumble style and or bust for me because those are always done pretty well. Um, this one here just it just wasn't. Um, you know, not only was it stupid that everybody had their bunch of groups coming in, like so they were kind of doing it like the battle, like the Royal Rumble, but kind of not, like mostly not. I don't know. It just it didn't make it much was, sense. It was group entrances versus single entrances. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah, and and it and it's, it doesn't, and especially bad when you have, like I said, a lot some people that you've never heard of and you don't. You'll get a sense of them if they're all coming out together. Yeah. So it's almost right. like they just didn't have interests, really. Right. Um, so, and and plus, uh, I just, I felt like there was like, outside of like one or two okay spots, there just wasn't anything going on here. It was hard to follow. Not only 
at times because of the direct directing of the uh, live shots by whoever's backstage. Might be able to, you know, blame Cody directly for that. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but uh, also just felt like it wasn't badly choreographed by the actual wrestlers. Um, like sometimes there'd be like, you don't know who the what what pairing off to concentrate on because it looked like they had like two or three different pairings going on at once and they're all doing shit nearly the same amount of exact same time frame so who knows what i'm supposed to look at like that's part of the problem with these kind of of matches is that you really have to choreograph it better and there is and i know this is true for like royal rumble style matches royal rumble actual matches that WWE puts on where they you know, when you're when you're trying to when you're trying to concentrate on a a pairing off of people, they always have like you know these anybody else that's a straggler and still in the match. They'll be like off usually in the in the corners of the rings and the sides and things like that, like you know doing you know things that are just like makes it look like they're trying to get people out, but they're not the focus. Well, here there was times where it's like just the whole ring was just lined with people in this one doing like basically nothing i'm just sitting there yeah <laughs> and it just looked horrible and they didn't make a they didn't space out like they like they went like quite a while before they got even one elimination going and then when they did that they did like five in a row pretty quickly and they didn't do any for a long time again it's just it just was not a good one of these not a, not a good one of these. No. <laughs> well, um, the entrances of... Let's see, let's see. I'll just go down the people I didn't... Are not as familiar with or didn't don't know. And then go with the people that... And then just list off the people that I do know. Um, well, I guess I'll do it in the opposite order now that I said that. Uh, the people I do know... <laughs> um, I, did, I didn't... I was familiar with um, MJF because of the... All in from last year, mm-hmm. and uh, I I'm familiar with Jimmy ha- Jimmy Havoc. I mean, obviously some of these people like I never saw him wrestle, but you know I'd seen him previously interviewed elsewhere and months ago, and so that's kind of why I'm familiar with him. Uh, of course, Joey Joey Janela, and of course uh, Sean Spears being uh, was it the what was his name in WWE. Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger, that's right. And, of course, Billy Gunn, Glacier, uh, Tommy Dreamer, and that's about it. And then, uh, and of course, Adam Page, why not? Um, who was the eventual winner, by the way? Big shock. Um, <laughs> and then, and then uh, Dustin Thomas... Uh, starts off the list of everyone else being people I don't know, which is why it was better off just to list off people that I did know. Um, but um, I go down here and like, for instance, like when the group came out with Brian Pillman Jr. in it, I was like, which one's him? And then when they, when I found out it was the one with the dyed blonde hair, I was like, yeah, that's quite a bit different than what I'd expect them to look like. Because you kind of, I don't know, it's, maybe it's just because the name and who he's you know, who his father is, you kind of expect him to look similar, but he does not <laughs> in some ways. So, um, uh, some really, uh, there was that one guy, uh, Brian Cutler, the one with the amputee guy. 
I think that's who it was. I don't, MJF. I don't know his name, but yeah. I know. I just know him as Lieutenant Dan. Because <laughs> MJF Terrible. called him Lieutenant Dan. It was funny, I thought. But anyways, um, <laughs> and um, which, by the way, he was the standout of the early entrance, if not all of them, because MJF is just fucking hilarious. Like, he actually made a joke about later in the actual main show when Bret Hart came out to show off the, uh, which he badly showed off. They didn't, he didn't know where the hard camera was or something. Um, he showed off the, their world title. And, uh, so I didn't really get a good look at it. So it was basically the same as not showing it, but then MGF came out and was like, Oh wait, Brett, watch out. There's a fan behind you. <laughs> Cause he's harking back to the hall of fame crap. Yeah. Which is hilarious. I guess. I don't know. But, um, not the attack, actual attack, but obviously. <laughs> of course, I wouldn't be, I wasn't happy about that at the time. Um, but then, um, I, I guess I don't have much to fucking say because, like you said, it wasn't, wasn't that good. Not a whole lot of worthwhile notes to even yeah, think about. That's I why, mean, that's why I'm, I'm, I actually was very surprised and I'm going around hearing certain different places from different people their opinion on the battle royal and none of them none of them were remotely as negative as i was and a lot of some of them were even like you know acting like it was a good showcase for like luchasaurus and like no it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't a good showcase for anybody i mean he threw out probably the most people yeah maybe so fucking what and he probably did have the best uh the best single spot where he fucking basically fucking broke janelle in half through that table yeah, uh, that's true. I actually was legitimately wondering if his neck fucking got destroyed there because the way he landed. <laughs> I and guess that not. scream from Ven- from Penelope was great. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounded like fucking someone like felt like it made it sound like she got saw him get shot or something. Well, it looked like he almost <laughs> died anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I do remember that. Do remember scream during that spot? And I yeah. Was like, I was like. Did she do that because he really did get hurt that badly? <laughs> That's what I started I have wondering. No idea. But I, I guess Certainly not. She was, she we was haven't heard a, anything about it. So right. Yeah. Well, I guess lucky him. I guess right. Yeah, absolutely. See, <laughs> so ultimately, Adam Page won. That was not shocking by anybody stretch of imagination. No, because uh, once I found out he was the mystery guy that entered into it, I was like, well, I literally said this when I while I was watching it. I was like. I was like, well, we know who the winner is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And and notice how they... And that was kind of weird how... Uh, trying to see who it was. Uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta initially. Uh, some storyline on the Beating the Elite show beforehand where they, where they were all like, oh, we're in the Battle Royal. We don't want to be in the Battle Royal. It sucks. We don't want to be in the Battle Royal. Uh-huh. And... Ter- and and this is supposed before the winner got uh, a title shot. Yeah. A chance at the title. And I think the only reason they did that was because of the whole, now we're not going to have Pac there to to uh, fight Adam Page. Yeah. So once they had that, then they're like, well, Adam Page has to have something important. And that's pretty much why they did this, I bet. So. Yeah, most likely. I, I'm fine with that. Because after they add that stipulation, and you think back about them not wanting to be in it, because it's, oh, no, I don't want to be some meanest battle royal. Yeah. Then it makes them look stupid. But obviously, it's before. I don't they think they're stupid. Before. I think they, 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 uh, their match was 
way better than the Battle Royal, so they don't have anything to worry about. They weren't going to win anyway, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just... Anyways. It's just, in hindsight, it's like, if they had said that as the stipulation had already been mentioned that the winner would get the title shot, then it would sound kind of dumb. But it wasn't, so there. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, so All right. as far as my rating's concerned, I gave it one star out of five. The Battle Royal. Shitty stars. Yep. Hey, my stars are great. Okay. Thanks well, for that. Well, I'm glad you agree. That's good. I wasn't worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, after that, the the second match on the pre-show, and the last one was a singles match between Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara from AAA, or AAA, as they want to say. Uh, yeah, that was weird. Point. It's not weird. It's, it's how they say it in Spanish. All right. I heard other people, they're like confused on why they said it that way as if it's like they just didn't understand that that's just like that's just how it's said in Spanish like it's not something like different pronunciation it's not alternate pronunciation it's just how it's but said. here's the thing though here's the thing I didn't like because anytime <laughs> they said it some people would say it one way some people would say it other everybody get on the same page pick one I agree. You can't have the announcer saying one thing and then the, the the ring announcer saying the other. Justin Roberts saying something else. You got to all say the same thing because then it, that's why I think that's why where the I think that's where the main viewer confusion for maybe viewers what came from was that it's like, huh, what, well, what? That was triple A. What's a triple A? No, uh, no, it's triple A. Triple A. Spanish. You dumb fucks. God. I personally don't care. They can keep doing that if they want. Though. I don't give a shit. I think it's funny. <laughs> well, don't you think it should be consistent? If, across if, the if they want to be. Oh, I don't personally care. Like I really don't. All right. Sure. Sure. If they want to, it doesn't bother me either way. Well, so it doesn't bother you the way. Let's have it consistent. Okay. Fine. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I didn't. I don't remember much from the Sabian Guevara match. I just uh, just know it was a uh, decent enough, decent, two and a half stars, <laughs> fine, acceptable, satisfactory, decent enough, decent enough. That's right. All right, you might say. <laughs> oh, I did. Then the opening match on the actual show. Had SoCal Uncensored, uh, consisting of Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky against Strong Hearts, consisting of Seema, T Hawk, and L. Lindemann. Yes, that was a match. Tell me more. An excellent match. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Are you? I don't I know am. exactly what happened, but I do know one thing I liked. <laughs> Is uh, there was a, was it like, it was like a, a roll up, a combination roll up on one guy and then a, uh, El Lindemann did a, a German suplex to pin another at the same time somehow and it was a really cool spot whatever it was. <laughs> Definitely uh, T Hawk and El Lindemann are the ones that really stood out to me and I, I actually uh. Noted that uh, that the members of SoCal Uncensored were also 
up their game a lot more than they did last year in the appearances I saw them do for New Japan, where they just seemed to not care as much. Because <laughs> huh. I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, I thought those were those matches last year were like okay, fine, they're they're acceptable at best, like two and a half stars, you know. But uh, but uh, this one they really cared and uh, they were doing things I wasn't seeing back then. So overall, just a excellent six man. Four and a half stars out of five. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching that. Very, match. very good match. Yeah, yeah. Give give me everything I want. That's the kind of shit I want, and I want to apologize for it. it gets me going. Okay, Bernie Sanders. That's right. All right. <laughs> That's what gets me going. I love. I know you 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 can call it whatever you want. You can call it flippy shit. I don't care. You, you can whatever derogatory term you like to use. To be by all means, but I will not apologize for enjoying that shit. That's great. Uh, that that if you do that kind of match, it's high intensity and exciting. I'm gonna tell you, you you might get a five stars for me. <laughs> well, all right. So next up, we had a what we thought was a three way. Uh, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. Against Nyla Rose and Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray already pisses me off because her whole gimmick is she's just simply is just I'm all happy all the time. And so happy all the time. Ew. Does it remind you of a certain someone, Matt? Uh should it? Uh people have been making the comparison to uh Bailey. No, actually doesn't. I mean it's not exactly the same, but Right. No, I don't think when I see Bailey, I don't think, oh, she's always happy all the time. I don't think that. I mean, I think she's uh, positive, but I don't think that she's like, hey, look at me. I'm going to. Kylie Ray looks like she comes out acting like that she's going to smile no matter what, even if shit is not worth smiling about. Like she's doing it for the sake of it. That's what it feels (laughs) like. That's why I don't like it. If you try to make the best of, of a of a not so great situation, that's more what Bailey is to me. And that makes more sense. And I don't mind that. So So a more annoying version of Bailey, huh? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Take Bailey, Bailey's like a seven and turn it up to eleven. Ugh, yuck. <laughs> which is why I was which is why the, the, the surprise of this match was Brandy Rhodes coming out and saying yeah, you all thought it was a three-way. It's a four-way. Guess what? It's not me. It's awesome call. Loved it. Actually, uh, fantastic. She called it. She after, right after immediately after she said that I don't want this to be a, a great match. I want this match to be awesome. And I mean, it was <laughs> like, wait, they can't mean awesome Kong. That's what I was they meant awesome Kong. <laughs> yes, they did. I was, that was pretty awesome. It pretty, was great to see her back awesome. because, unlike you. I uh, watched her in NXT. Or in NXT. That's hilarious. Ha! Ha ha. Uh, back in TNA, uh, her great feuds with certain certain uh, women on their roster at the time, specifically Gail Kim. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic stuff. I think if you go back and look at it today, I think you'd be impressed by it. Maybe more so less the matches, but still there's some good ones. More so the just the overall build up to the match, the big ones. So I think it's pretty good. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then so uh, I was expecting maybe Awesome Kong to win this, but that did not happen. I mean, she didn't take the pin either, so I guess that's good. But when I thought about if it isn't going to be her, it'll probably be Britt Breaker that wins, and sure enough, that's what happened. So we got the uh, the dentist has the den- the uh, dentist has the appointment with uh, I guess a future women's title match whenever they more, decide to more than likely that. yeah yeah uh, unfortunately for uh, what's her face that came out to announce Awesome Kong again Brandy Rhodes Brandy Rhodes unfortunately for Brandy this was not an awesome match no it wasn't that great I thought it was two and a half stars it was a uh, I think it would have almost been better if you would have maybe even split off the four into two singles matches. Yeah. Like, uh, to me, so a lot of people would say, well, then the obvious matchups would be Kylie Ray and Britt Baker, and then the other two, Nala Rose and Awesome Kong. And I'd say, yeah, you could do that, but I'd prefer Awesome Kong and Kylie Ray, and then Awesome Kong squashes her. Because, you know, smiling for no reason. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that would, that's the personal, just a, a, a lot just, of. That's yeah. just a me wanting that. I don't care about what other people wanted. That's oh, you I might get it someday. You never know. I can't wait. I know. I can't wait. So I uh, maybe a match on TNT, maybe for TV. Yeah, sounds good. Just um, squash. It's gonna. She's gonna. She's gonna take you and squash you. I. I, <laughs> I didn't. One of my my problems is two things. One, it was super slow of a match, and two. Uh, the two bigger women, Rose and Kong, were out, like just most of the time, out yeah. of the match most of the time. It was like, it was like, well, what's the point of them being in it if they're not going to do much of anything? So I don't know. Yeah, could have been a lot better. I think it'll be better from here. I hope. So. I, I think I think all four are are fine. They're just they just need to, they need to have more. The biggest problem with a lot of the the matches that have more than singles matches is that you really didn't get the, and because a lot of them are people you've never seen much of or at, at all is that you don't get a sense of their character. So you don't get into them mm-hmm. because it's just a bunch of bodies in the ring. Yeah. That's why, that's why the uh, battle Royal didn't work for me, you know, as a, as a whole, uh, uh, on top of the whole, it's a clusterfuck and it was a mess. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, I agree, but I think they, I think it can be done and was done even in like, I, w- I wasn't familiar with half the, you know, one whole side of the opening match of the main card, but I gave four and a half stars. We just talked about it, you know, like, right. Because they actually did show themselves to be pretty, pretty well in that match. Everyone, yes. everyone got their stuff in for the most part. Uh, the only one that I thought was underachieved in that role was Shima. I thought he was kind of yeah. lost in the shuffle a little bit, but he was still really good. So you know, if uh, I had to pick a MVP of either team of those of both teams, I would pick T Hawk for Strong Hearts, mm-hmm. and I would pick probably Daniels for SoCal Uncensored because you know. My 2005 rest of the year. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Got to stretch way back from when I last watched a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, great stuff. So okay. the next one was uh, the tag match. We already mentioned them earlier. The best friends. Trent Breda, yeah. Chuck Taylor versus Angelico and Jack Evans. Um, 
a pretty pretty damn good match. Uh, yeah, you know, similar to all the other fairly fast paced ones we've already seen and are still to see in the later in the card. <laughs> now I gotta uh, ask you a question about the best friends. Yes, and that is, I was not overly impressed by them in the like the one or two times, a few times I'd seen them watching a New Japan card. Yes, but here. Amazing. So, was there a difference to you? Uh, a you little, a little, a little bit. A little bit. They did seem to care a little more too, as well. Similar to Sukan Sensor. <laughs> <laughs> um, not as much. It wasn't as obvious. Like they still largely were pretty similarly solid as they usually were in the that scene in recent past. Right. So, um, but I, I, I always wanted them to do a little bit more, a little bit better. Here they kind of did that. So. It's looking up, I guess. I always like Beretta more than I like Ch- Chuck Taylor, so you know. But that's also kind of partly because uh, Beretta was a uh, in New Japan. At least the first half of last year was largely uh, by himself as a singles guy for the, some of the time, at least. Mm-hmm. So, but so uh, what did you think about their opponents? I didn't really get a big sense of either of them. I don't know why. I just kind of, I don't know. They kind of melded together for me. I wasn't like super into either one. Probably more of a issue of just not, just because just kind of, the, the issue I had mentioned earlier about how they're just kind of, you don't really get a sense of them because you didn't have any time for the characters to really cement in your mind. I guess I don't know. Just I just didn't feel like they did a whole lot that stood out, but they kind of did. But they kind of didn't. I don't know. Just I need more time with them uh, if they're going to be making yeah. more appearances for this place. I agree. Three and a half stars, Matt. Nice. Now because uh, I'll just screw up all the names. I think you need to go with this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, next one on the card was a six-woman tag match. It was a bunch of uh, Joshi uh, pro wrestling women from Japan. I'm not exactly sure where any of them are from over there, so I won't name any of that. I'll just uh, name the teams here. So Hikaru Shida, Riho Abe, and Ryo Minazami was uh, the one team, and then the other team was Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, and Emi Sakura. With uh, the winners being uh, Shida, Abe, and Mizunami. And uh, this match was pretty damn awesome um, for not knowing anybody at all. They all stood out pretty well. Uh, For me, um, I mean, I've heard of Aja Kong because she's a legend. So I've heard of her. I haven't really seen her. But despite her advanced age here, uh, she still really gave me... She basically did what uh, what the uh, awesome Kong <laughs> and uh, Nyla Rose didn't fail to do in their match. And that is to be an intimidating big woman powerhouse like they were supposed to be. Yeah. Like Aja Kong just brought that shit here. <laughs> like... She's like, oh, uh, sit out, uh, sit out, power driver. Sure, no problem. Like fucking sick looking, fucking yep. good ass shit. 
Yeah, man. So I liked her a lot, and I actually like the like the one that's like the least info on her <laughs> out there, which is a uh, Ro Mizunami. Like I actually liked her quite a bit uh, for this match, and it had some uh strange. Well, for me, I've not seen it much myself or at all. Uh, so like the whole, I can't remember who it was because their names. I'm kind of most of their names run together here for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, some of the ones that are like more like trying to act like this girly princess stuff or whatever. <laughs> and they were doing some stuff related to that kind of thing. And I'm just like, kind of funny to me, some of the shit. So <laughs> I would like to see more of them. I don't know how much we will see them. Cause I don't think that they're, uh, signed to the company or anything, but, uh, but yeah, I liked them all nonetheless to one degree or another. And I thought it was an excellent match. Very fast-paced again. So, you know, Spot Fest. Spot Fest, I love them. I love them. <laughs> and you won't apologize for them. And I won't apologize for it. Four-star <laughs> match. That's what I gave it. Wow. Yeah. All right, so uh, next match was uh, good old Dustin Rhodes against Cody Rhodes. Oh, did I, did I say it that way? <laughs> what do you mean, whoops? <laughs> you know, because they won't allow Cody to use Rhodes. The Who last gives name. a shit? You you can uh, say it here. I allow it. Oh, do you? Even though it's your podcast, but I allow it on your podcast. <laughs> oh, thanks! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this one was uh, more story-driven and uh, definitely uh, worked for me and worked for most people that I heard of. And, of course, the biggest thing that most people remember is that Dustin Rhodes bladed like a motherfucker, bled like crazy bitch, to the point where they had to change the mat, the canvas, mm-hmm. during before the next match. So, Yep. Your thoughts? I thought it was an excellent match. Uh, despite not being a spot fest and trying to be more slower-paced, older-style, uh, you know, I, I I have no issue with that necessarily, um, and uh, this one is one of the best examples of that kind of match in recent memory that I can think of, and uh, they did a great job. But I, I was actually surprised that uh, that that it, I was expecting it to end with Cody turning heel and just being ruthless against his brother, but that obviously didn't happen. You know, he, now he's going to team with him. And it, I need my older brother, you know, <laughs> for a tag match. Um, but no, that's fine. Whatever. I don't really care. It's just, uh, that's what I expect, especially when he was like, you know, when he bled as much as he did and then he fucking, you know, had it on his hand and wiped it on his chest. It's like, yep. I was thinking, yeah, there we go. It's going to, it's going to turn heel. Didn't happen, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great match. Definitely. Full of so much emotion. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but despite not being, uh, my high flying spot fest that I will never apologize for, it's still, I got, I gave it a four and a half stars out of five. Well, we're going right back to the spot fest that you love so much. Oh, yes. That Bring stuff you'll me. never apologize for. That's right. 
Oh, yeah, we have the Young Bucks against the uh, Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix for the Triple A. Triple A. Triple A. World Tag Team Championship. Your thoughts? Oh, man. If I haven't already made this clear. Woo! Spot Fest. Love them. Love them. I don't no care apologies. about... No apologies. No apologies. <laughs> don't, don't need psychology in my matches. <laughs> Just fast paced Spot Fest. That's all I want. Flips all over. Give it to me. Give it to me. Injected directly into your... They did. Apply, apply I, directly to forehead. I mean, we already got a lot to that already on the previous to this match, but now they like just direct in 100% injection, just constantly tapping the vein. Tap that vein, yeah. Tap <laughs> it. So, and I, and I can't, unless I watched it again, I really couldn't tell you too many specific spots, but there was a... There oh, was so, There were so many, because that's what these that's what these are like, you know? That's why you, Get it in there. Oh. Get it in my veins. So, uh, but yeah, it was all over the place and uh, ended with a cool variation of uh, their Meltzer driver for the Young Bucks. Normally, they spring springboards off, uh, you know, off of the, from the apron to the outside, to the inside of the, of the, uh, uh, the ring. Um, from more from the center of of the ropes, not from the corner. But here, he they, because they they were calling it the BME, the best melter ever, referencing best moonsault ever from uh, Christopher Daniels. Christopher. Yep. So because of that, he started it like he was doing a moonsault from the corner, like Christopher Daniels version. <laughs> Except it ended him with doing the same thing that they ended up always doing, where he assists with the pile driver. So. One is when it's being the one of the one of the opponents is being held by his brother, so that's why they called it that, um, which I think was funny. But uh, oh, five star match, five star match. This was this is the pinnacle of judging it right to my veins. Get it, Jesus. Mm. I guess. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this is the pinnacle match of type of match with the exact half of the ha- exact. Uh, duo in uh, in this match that uh, Jim Cornette would roll over in his grave if he was dead right now. That's right. What does it best for me is everything is the exact thing that uh, that the Jim Cornette uh, hates the most. Oh yeah. <laughs> you not only the Mike not only directs it uh, injects uh, those high flying spots right into his veins, but he also injects the uh, Cornette hatred right into his veins That's of right. those spots. That's right. <laughs> When I, when I see a match like this going on, I'm just, not only am I enjoying it to the utmost, but I'm also thinking about how much he hates it, and that just gets me even more excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cornet hate. Right in the veins. Right in the veins. Um, <laughs> tap that shit. Um, <laughs> well, since you reminded me, and then you didn't know you did, so I'll mention what I'm talking about. I'm going to go off a little tangent before we get to the main event here. And that is, uh, if you're going to take jabs at the uh, WWE during your show, do more than just a pot shot. Make it meaningful. So what I'm talking about is, while Cody was coming in for his match with Dustin before Dustin Rhodes came out, 
they unveiled this throne type thing and immediately you can tell it's supposed to reference Triple H because it's got that logo that he has the Iron that's Cross. very synonymous. The Iron Cross, thank you. Yes. And the Nazi throne. <laughs> sure. Hey, hey, Nazis use the Iron Cross. It looks I realize that. Just, I realize that. Just saying, just saying. All right. Maybe you shouldn't use that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. But whatever. <laughs> They're not making a Nazi statement or an anti-Nazi. It's not about that. I know. I know. There's always a time for that, though. But anyways. um, (laughs) So he so Cody walks down the ring, and and Brandy gets out and out from under the ring and hands him a sledgehammer. Oh, please, literally hit me over the head with this symbolism. Um, (laughs) I can't tell you're referencing now, especially. No, man, I can't. Still need. So then he walks back up. To where the throne thing is, and he fucking smashes it, and I'm just like, okay, that's a pot shot, because to me that makes you look petty, like say we're better than you because we crushed you. <laughs> Here's what I'd rather them do: if you're gonna t- if you're gonna take a shot at them, take meaningful shots, like say, hey, um, yeah, we're better than you because we're not gonna go and take propaganda money from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I mean that would be better. I would definitely, this. I would definitely, I would mark out for a for a clever, uh, a clever jab at WWE based on that. Yes, like, that would be great. Yeah, because it's making an actual <laughs> point that actually makes sense, whereas this just kind of looks petty. And it's so. especially weird because Triple H is like the guy behind NXT that's actually good. Right, I so know. So it's like, mm, I don't know you if you like focused things. on the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably be focusing more on Vince if you're going to take a shot. But anyways. I mean, obviously, the the whole thing of why XT is good is more than just him. It's obviously a collaborative effort from lots of people. But, but you know, he's the head of it. He, and he obviously is final, similar final say probably to Vince on the main roster stuff. Right. So, so, he, so at the very least, he can take a lot of credit for you know, knowing who, knowing what's good, actually good, <laughs> and right. uh, um, and knows how to get good that good stuff out of whoever you know. He knows the kind of people he wants, and will do it. So that that's yeah. So it is weird that they're like, because AEW is really, especially in a lot of people's eyes, it's much more of a reboot of uh, Vince McMahon's idea of what pro wrestling should be versus. Anything Triple H. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyways, so, so we'll get into this uh, main event here. Chris Jericho taking on Kenny Omega. Second time. The first time was in, what was it, uh, Wrestle Kingdom? Wrestle Kingdom 12 in January of 2018. Yeah, right. Okay. And, uh, and the winner of this would face uh, the winner of the Casino Battle Royale, which was Adam Page. For a future shot at the world title, their world title. So this went 27 minutes. How was it, Mike? Was it the orgasmic thoughts you had? Did it match them? Not quite as good as their one from Rust Kingdom, but it was up there. I still gave it four and a half stars. So, you know, I still liked it. Just a little bit. Um, one of my favorite things was the use of that table that they had. Right, they, they like had like maximum use out of it, like three spots, <laughs> one table, one table, yeah, yeah. It was like, but first... you can never do with the the ones that are breakable as, as easy as they are. Yeah, yeah. So first part was like 
Jericho was outside with it, leaning against him, not even like flat. It was like vertical. And he still comes out and does, Omega still comes out and does his uh, flying plancha onto him. And (laughs) while it's like angled on him and that was sick of shit. And then of course, after that, I can't remember what the next one was, but then it ended with uh, later. It was like, uh, I think, didn't Omega get, it was the one who went through the table at at the third spot on the table. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Yeah. He put himself through it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he was like, because he tried he, to, he dumped out because he was tr- he was trying to do something to Jericho and Jericho. Uh, I think he uh, pulled the top rope down. I don't remember. No, he, no, he was like on top. He was like on top of him, like in, he was like it's like uh, jumped onto I, his shoulders or something. I think. Uh huh. Yeah, because they're both in the ring, and he just got dumped out onto the table. And then he and Jericho like put him like backdropped him into it or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Wow. We really don't remember. No, we really don't. I remember a completely different spot than you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who can say? Both were good in my imagination and on TV. That's right. <laughs> on the telly. So yeah. So the next. So you'll have Adam Page facing Jess Jericho to be the to see who will be the future world champion. Who do you think it'll be? Uh, if, it, if it really is just that match and it doesn't change in any way, um, I would have to say it's going to be Jericho for, for the time being. Ooh. I do think so. I, I think, uh, I personally think, um, this might not be how they think, so it could go the other way. But I personally think that while, yes, uh, Hangman Page is definitely upped his cred in while well, in New Japan last year, uh, for his last year there. Um, and that's when I was watching him for the first time. And at first he was, he did seem like a lower mid card kind of guy, but over the year he improved. And I do agree that people, people say, were saying it as it was happening, especially around the G1 performance he had that I was like, yeah, I, I definitely see him as being a much bigger deal now than he was. And I do agree that that's still true right now, but I don't think he's quite there yet. I think he still needs more time. And I think uh, chasing the title would be a good way to do it for him, rather than just win it right away. So yeah. And plus, by the time they do it, it could be uh, he could definitely be built up a lot better. Yeah. By then, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, that was uh, double or nothing. Cool. An A minus show. Nice. That's very high. It is. If this so, was like. This, if this same exact quality of show was a little later in the year on their roster, on their time, and not their first show, I might have given it B plus, but still about the same thing, you know. This right. is a really, really good show, though. So yeah, really good show. So uh, now we're going to talk about WB in their third time to go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, this is already tiring, and they've got what nine more years of this shit. <laughs> Oh my Pretty god. Much. Oh my god. That's the whole point, is to just overwhelm you and you get sick of complaining. But I'm gonna keep complaining. Because I get charged back up. So rah! I know. So anyways, uh Roman Reigns decided to do as usual, every fucking time one of these shows is coming up and they hear the backlash. They hear the uh backlash of the backlash. Um they uh, 
one of the wrestlers feels the need to say something in favor of it. Now, I expect Stephanie, Vince, Hunter, I expect them to be like, yo, don't worry about it, you know, that shit. But the wrestlers don't need to say anything. They just don't. Whether they're going or not, they don't need to say shit. And they feel the need to do it. Like, Ronda Rousey did it last fall, and now Roman Reigns feels the need to... uh, Try to convince, try to sound as, we got to just come out and just sound as stupidly naive as we can. And I think this is the uh, tip, top of the, uh, let's just say he was trying to be number one when it came to that. Um, <laughs> well, well, honestly, this is the exact same thing I already heard last time. Just, right. It was but, a different person. Yeah, it was, it's just like, God, you people are so pathetic. You really are that naive to think you're changing everything anything going over there because that's not the point of going over there they're paying okay i've said this on the show before and i'm gonna say it again until it fucking sinks in with more people and then i'm gonna keep saying it to this and get more people to fucking realize this shit you guys have to realize when the WWE does goes to any country that's not a fucking dictatorship <laughs> when they go to the uk say and they go to the, what's that one? I don't know. It doesn't matter. When they make, have a show over in the UK, it's like here in the US. They go, they do they do a, a show with the, they might have some things they might have to set up with, like say when they do a big WrestleMania in a city, they have to obviously get the city involved then. But it's not to do the business side. It's more of a just a you know, logistics type of thing. The real business dealings come with the arena where they're going to hold the shows and the vendors they might have show up and whatever the fuck have you. But it's a, a biz, it's a WB who's a business interacting with other businesses and other people like that. When you go to Saudi Arabia, you're doing business with the government. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's what it is. And when they go there, the government's not looking to make money. They're looking to get their propaganda out. About how they're so wonderful and we're so progressive. They're not. They're not. Nothing's changing. The only thing that's changing, because when everyone's, and of course, some people will be like, well, you know, the, the women got the right to drive. Oh, man, what a low bar that was. How progressive. Wow. How progressive. Wow. It's only been a, a legal thing for women everywhere place else forever. Uh, so, not impressed. Just so you know, I'm not impressed by low bars, okay? If you can clear low bar, congratulations. I'm not going to fucking impress. I'm not impressed. not impressed. On top of that, the people who, the women who protested to get the right to drive, they're in jail right now. You probably didn't know that. Oh, and all y'all complaining about the Khashoggi murder last fall? Have you cared about the current guys that they're going to fucking kill after Ramadan? Because they said something new. They said like the little nothings that uh, the government doesn't like. Did you, you care about that? No, you're not making a peep about it. Because you don't give a shit because you don't pay attention. Because you weren't force-fed that story. Yeah. Um, well, let me force-feed it to you right now. Check that shit right in your veins. Tap that shit. Get, it, get the uh, I'm going to die soon because my government doesn't like uh, me saying you're poo-poo heads. Um. <laughs> Now, the whole the whole campaign is simply just propaganda and rhetoric to make it sound like they're more progressive than they actually are, which is zero, just zero. 
And here's what Roman Reigns, here I'm going to read his word for word. I don't know if I'll be able to get through the whole puking thing paragraph, but let me try. I'll try here. I might have to hand it off to my co-host here. Um, it gets a lot of mixed and negative reactions referring to the show, I guess. Um, the bottom line for me is, uh, if we're going to help promote change, which you're not doing, by the way, if we're going to set out to make an impact, then I have to be a part of it. No, you don't. Not when it's not actually going to make any difference. <laughs> I'm not going to sit on the sideline and talk about how we can get there. I want to be part of the action. I look at it as being a part of the solution while... There's no solution here, by the way. Uh, while still respecting cultures, as in what? I respect the culture of beheadings. <laughs> Of the low bar of allowing women to drive in 2019. But it's a big world and I want to experience it all. So if we can help make a positive impact, that's what we're here to do. We're here to put smiles on everyone's faces. Wow. Wow. So progressive. (laughs) We don't discriminate. That's our goal and to help and promote positivity and take that to every inch of the world. God, that's so pathetic. I didn't even say anything. That's not what that... I didn't say shit. Holy crap, that was worse than I thought it was. Um, so, my response is that... Uh, uh, let's see here. My response is that Roman Reigns is at best a completely naive fucking idiot. And that he thinks going to Saudi Arabia is going to change anything for the better. But like I said, it's all propaganda and all flowery rhetoric. And the winner is not the Saudi people. And by going, he's not helping a goddamn thing. Because the the point is to make it look like not actually change anything. Just to make it sound like they are. So there we go. End of this. But they won't. So I can't. I'll stop complaining about the shows when they stop going. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's a really naive moron if he believes what he's saying. <laughs> like the whole, literally the the WWE getting paid a shit ton of money to go do events is exactly backwards of how it, it works anywhere else. Exactly, because the government when they have a show, some other country that's not the U.S. Or even in the U.S., it works the same. You go there, you rent the place you're doing, you pay the fees, upfront costs to get to have a show there, and then any money you make is based on, you know, merch sales and ticket sales of your event. Here, that's not the case. It's just them being paid an insane amount of insane sum of money to go over there, so they can have a show that purports to show how progressive that place is when it's clearly not. And it's just there to, there to be done to put an, uh, a smiling face on, um, on a shitty, uh, awful government that does garbage things. Correct. You are sir. And if you want to hear a more in depth, detailed analysis of their dealings, check out Renegade cut on YouTube. I have a, Link to it in the blog post for this episode. 
of Space Opix 44, which will lay out everything exactly as it is with no flower rhetoric on its own. <laughs> Tell you how it is. Um, and finally, since, uh, you know, we can't have any good news anymore outside of AEW, um, let's go with uh, the uh, latest news on Ashley Morrow. Masaro's passing. Um, she was a former W star that uh, had worked and initially got into the company via that diva search they used to do, which of course I always thought was really stupid, but that's regardless of Ashley herself. Um, she's just doing, you know, if you want to do it, you do it, right? So um, the issue here is that I'm going to talk about, or at least mention, is the is after her death, a 15-page affidavit was filed, um, made that was filed was made public, and listen in detail that while she was in the WWE and they were doing a show in Kuwait, that uh, a U.S. Army doctor identified himself as that anyway, supposedly was uh, going to check her out in their medical bay, supposedly hired. Uh, suffering from dehydration and he administered some sort of drug to her that left her unable to move and scream uh, and claimed that another woman present stood outside while the man proceeded to rape and sodomize her. Wonderful. And uh, of course, as you'd expect, the company is completely disregarding this as true because they act like and they and also the affidavit mentions that she was told not to say anything because of their uh they didn't want to harm their relationship with the u.s army and i say uh if i was her i'd be like fuck your relationship with the u.s army this is this is irrelevant this is that why should i care about that like i don't understand that she did actually unfortunately agree to that so if that's what was said so otherwise we'd have heard it years ago about this mm-hmm. um and of course the uh the company is uh, claiming that that her uh her attorney who released this i believe has like somehow like some always always had a uh thing for and you know trying to out to get us and stuff is what we try to claim and of course, that's always their claim. That's always a company's claim. You know, it's a, it's similar to, uh, you know, saying that people are, uh, what's the word, a former disgruntled employee. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's the same thing. So, just your character attack when you have no actual comeback. So, that's all that says. Because if it, because if it was actually like, if he was actually doing that, you would go and you would just say that. You would go into details of stuff he said or stuff he's trying to go after you for and you in the past they just say that oh he's always done this but they never actually give any details which means no it's not it's not bullshit so so that's a fun that's a fun little tidbit of bullshit yeah i'm much more inclined to believe 
that that stuff happened to Ashley, and they just covered it up. Yep, because you know, because there's details, and the affidavit. Uh, it's one of those things where if you you're if you lie in it, you're you could probably possibly be uh, jailed for that, so or whatever charged for the crime. Well, I mean, she's she's dead now, but no, I know, but this was filed before she died. Obviously, yeah, yeah. it's just released now, so to the public. Yeah, I considering uh, you know WWE as a whole and how the company is run by the people that's run by most importantly, it's not. It's it's something I, I'm much less into, much less inclined to believe their side. Especially since these days, it looks like at least these days, and I've said this before, and again I'll repeat it here, in that it just is obvious to me, especially with the Saudi money and the TV rights deals, that the WWE could literally um, run a show that's empty, the arena's empty, and they wouldn't need any money from sales or of any type from the fans. And they would still be able to survive because the one the one TV rights deal alone for SmackDown was like a billion dollars. So, granted, it's over ten years, but still, that's a lot of fucking money for one show. So, yep. So they can literally they can literally run shows without fans. Well, they they certainly uh, treat them like they don't have any, and like they're driving them away because they 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 frequently show they have very a lot of contempt for their fans. So, that's true. Unless you're watching NXT, there's not really anything worth all that worth watching within their company. Also and, true. Yep. And if uh, and I just yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say if uh, if Vince actually did pay attention and wanted to influence NXT, then that would suck equally as bad. So that's also true. <laughs> um. I just want to mention one thing. There was a, a Jericho's podcast, Talk is Jericho, recently had a uh, interview with John Moxley, and he talked about the uh, what was it? He talked about uh, his time in WWE. It was mainly. Um, Here. It was. It's mainly. Um, Trying to think of the word now. <laughs> About his time, uh, the last last like year or so. But he said that he was there for like eight years, and the uh, previous. Uh, what is it? Uh, like the previous, the, the last six years was a bunch of always fighting. His biggest complaint that you take away from the interview is that he was always complaining of... His biggest complaint was not the company as a whole and his time there was fine. It was just that it was got... It got exhausting, like like actual, exa- actual exhaustion, just dealing with what people would write for him. The writers would give him his scripts and what he'd have to do with how do you have to get stuff like changed and stuff and it take forever. And, and from what I could tell from what he said, most of the time it wasn't changed at all. So, but he would, but he, yeah. and, and God, and he had also constantly, uh, have 
you know, go to Vince McMahon himself. And Vince would then just would never remember shit that they, he's talked to him about certain things like many, many times. And it would just, oh, it never, nothing would change because he just either didn't care, which is very likely, or he just <laughs> was like disregarded everything and then pretended he didn't remember. If I knew, if I knew, I tend, I tend to believe that he knew and doesn't want to. He just wants to admit, claim, claim that he forgot or it didn't happen. Yeah. So, but yeah, the the one line that I'm pretty sure for you it felt the same way as me, but the whole, the whole, there was a quoted line that I saw before I listened to the interview, but once I heard it in context, it felt like more of a example, like throwaway line example. And not actually anything the meaningful. It was the line when he mentioned that Vince just, uh, you know, like hired Brock Lesnar to come in and pay him a lot of money to to ruin the company. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are quoting that line as if it means anything, and it sounds like it does by itself. But it, when you hear it in context, it actually doesn't mean anything. It's not really any. It's not a big takeaway like everyone tries to claim it is. I'm like, did you people actually listen to the episode? Did you actually listen to the interview? Because they, they probably did, and they just they just took it the way they want to because they want to spin it in a way that matches how much disdain they want to have for WWE. I think that's what it is. I mean, I will admit, Brock Lesnar. It's clear you can tell when he cares and tell when he doesn't. There's a big gap there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for instance, like his match with Goldberg at WrestleMania two years ago, uh, two WrestleManias ago was. Or no, yeah, it was. I'm trying to think now. 35 was this year, right? Yes. So 33 is when he had this match with Goldberg, and that was a short but ultimately very entertaining match, and it was much better than their first one at 20, which is an example of when he doesn't care. But another example is the year later, 34, when he was against Roman Reigns, and it was just a shit show. Completely just uh, the same moves over and over again. Uh, it never ended, and it just went on forever. So you can tell when the guy doesn't care and when he does. It's so fucking obvious. It's it's Grand Canyon size. That's how obvious it is. <laughs> um, so I get that some people are looking, are probably taking it, their feelings, like if they have the feeling I do about Brock Lesnar, that I'm just like, I'm kind of tired of him. He's mm-hmm. kind of just, I just don't, they don't, they don't do anything with them, and it just feels like it's just it's uninteresting to have them on TV anymore at all, ever. And I feel like that they put that into that statement, their feelings about that into that statement from John Moxley, when ultimately that's not how he meant it. Yeah, and people are just taking it and putting in their own feelings about what they think about Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's, or, why, that's or, what I meant earlier. They were right. They just want they want to they wanted to mean what. They want it to mean because they that's they're putting their own animosity into it. Yeah, and I feel it to me it more or less the statement was less about the specifics of Brock Lesnar and ruining the company than it was just a way of saying Vince doesn't want anyone to leave when we already known this by the way. But it came off more as a way to say maybe it wasn't said the best. I'll admit that much, but to me it was more of a statement of Vince wants to pay people, granted as little as possible, that's just a thing for a business owner to do, but but Vince is at a point where he's got so much fucking money that he'll literally keep he'll he'll keep upping someone's amount until they say yes. 
to stay because he doesn't want anyone else to get the talent he has because he doesn't want anyone else to be able to compete with him. Yep. And that's ultimately what that statement meant more than it meant anything specific about Brock Lesnar. So, But otherwise, the whole thing about the writing, and that's the main thing he harped on, pretty much the only thing he really mentioned overall. And uh, I also liked how he, when he was talking about making that video that dropped on that midnight, the night he was finally off his contract. And just interesting stuff about how he got a guy and was out there for like two days straight and... And, uh, and they actually rented out a, a lot, like a uh, like a studio lot that had a bunch of, you know, like they had a set for um, a prison, they had a set for a warehouse, they had a set for this and that and everything mm-hmm. that he used in the video. And, and he got a call from Vince saying, hey, can you extend it for the European tour? He's like, uh, no, no, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> it's like, no, we're done. We're done. This is, we're not doing that anymore. It's not doing your grueling European tour just so that you can have a final Shield reunion tour or some shit. No, we're done. We're just done. Because I will admit, because near the end, like they did that, uh, what was it? Um, one of their lesser pay-per-views where they had that final three-way uh, six-man match where they had the Shield again back together for one last time. And it was like, that was all fine. But then they had another fucking separate house show where they showed a, a separate match. And then they also had another last stand for the shield or some shit where they named it that. I'm like, God, you just you just don't want to let him go. It's clear you don't want to let him go because you just won't let the shield story go. <laughs> it's so tearful. They're not going to be together anymore. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Because honestly, back when they initially broke up with the whole turn of Seth Rollins, and I thought that was too soon back then. But regardless of that, you can't go back to it after you've broken up. It just doesn't work anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like they tried to do that. Like They tried to go back to him, and then like I think one of them got hurt. And then, oh. and then they tried to do it again when they all came back. And oh, it just, it just doesn't work. You got it. If you're gonna, if you want them to stay together, you should just left them together. You know, because like the whole DX thing was it lasted like th- two years, two and a half years. That seems about a good run, but they didn't do that with the Shield. It was only like nine months. <laughs> wasn't much at all. Um, you know, they had their, they got pregnant, had the baby, and they were done. You know, it's <laughs> 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 the best way to put it, I guess. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my fucking thoughts on shit in wrestling. What well, do you got, Mike? I just want to say one thing about that same interview is uh, he he just he uh, Moxley came off as like a guy who just he really wanted to think the best would uh, the best of people. Like he seemed like someone yeah. who just like has a positive outlook on. Um, you know, maybe things aren't great, but you know, may, you know, he just seemed to always have a very positive outlook, and and he was just, unfortunately that that was always seemingly betrayed by people in WWE. You know, yeah, he just he seemed Definitely. to come off a very positive guy. He just wanted, he legitimately just wanted things to be done for well. You know, and he cared, and they didn't really, they didn't care to give him any freedom. You know, yeah, and that's you reminded me of another thing that. Um, when they initially broke up the shield and, you know, they started to do single stars on all of them, uh, 
And it was when they had that summer feud between the uh, Ambro- Ambrose and uh, and this Rollins. And I was all like, you know, I, I kind of see something in this Ambrose character. I kind of want to see more of him and everything. But then, you know, during that feud, that's when he came out with that fucking, was it the uh, briefcase with the, and Rollins opened it up and ketchup and mustard sprayed all over him. Yeah. And I just thought, that's really goofy. What the fuck? And you hear from the interview that that's what, that goofy, stupid shit is what Vince thinks, uh, that's your character. You know, he said that multiple times in the interview. Like, he, like that's what he thinks a guy that's unhinged is. <laughs> he's just doing this weird, stupid shit. Like, he said, riding a unicycle backwards or whatever. <laughs> that's good shit. <laughs> that's good shit. Yeah, that's what he kept saying. That's good shit, pal. <laughs> just, oh. I just, like, and it, you know, actually, when I, I, I actually paused and thought during, thought a little bit to myself while I was listening to the interview, because I was like, I was like, the reason it comes off weird and why Vince thinks that's his character, because Vince doesn't know what it's like to be a normal human being. He doesn't know what it's like to be around normal people. He's always with his family and with rich people and people in business. It's a lot like Trump, sad to say. But they just, they don't, they they act like they know the, the regular person and they just don't know how normal people are because they're not normal. And the proof of that, the number one example I like always putting out is that one that Paul Heyman gave one time when he said that Vince, like, fights with his sneezes and shit. Like, he's like, if he sneezes, he thinks to him, he gets mad about it. He's like, oh, God, I couldn't control myself. (laughs) And he gets mad at someone else if they let it go, too. Oh, achoo. Why didn't you control it, pal? You know? (laughs) <laughs> it's just he's weird but he thinks it's normal because he's not around normal people you see what I'm saying he's very isolated mm-hmm. and this is what happens to people that don't have normal human interaction they're not normal people they're weird they're not successful businessmen they're just fucking lunatic weird narcissistic con men and this is probably the case with all these people that are in this, these positions. If you're a rich, wealthy guy, you're, you you have the money to seclude yourself from the rest of the country or the rest of the population. And you just become this weird, secluded man-child. Ugh. No, thank you. Ugh. Ugh. Sorry, but that's just the way it, it comes off to me. That's why when he, he thinks... He, that's why when he writes a character, it doesn't seem realistic because it isn't because he doesn't know what real is. He lives in his own I'm too wealthy to be with normal people bubble. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad and pathetic existence if you ask me. Yep, I agree. No amount of money is worth that shit. Of course, no one will say anything because you're my boss and I can't say shit like that to you. I would. Anyways. Anything else, Mike, you want to talk about or we're done? No, we're out of here. We're fucking done. Space Suplex on Twitter. 
heartarchive.wordpress.com, where you get all the juicy links I talked about. They're juicy. You like them. Slurp them up. <laughs> There's also a link on there to uh, my bro, Mike Hart. Uh, no, it's not that. Uh, that's mine. Um, <laughs> Usagi704, that wordpress.com. Very bad this today. Um, so I guess that's good. You can find related links through those links. All right. We're good. That was episode 44. We're out.